Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Welcome back to The Dwell Podcast, everybody. It is your host, Natalie Abbott, and today we are talking about faithfulness, persistence, pressing on, persevering. We are talking about the verse that says in Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let's not let's not grow tired. Let's do the thing. And you know what? God is going to bless it at the proper time if we don't give up. It is such a good verse. And today we have Katie Giuliano. This is our last time with her. So if you didn't listen to the first two episodes, go back and check them out. She is awesome and so much fun. Um, she is the founder of Hosanna Revival. They are a company that makes faith-based paper products, i.e. they make really awesome Bibles and journals and things like that, that you can like touch in your hands and see, and they're beautiful. Um, so we've got a link that you can look to, to find Hosanna Revival, or you can just Google it, whatever. Um, but welcome back, Katie. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to close it out today with episode, the third one with me around. Yes. Yes. I'm so pumped. So we talked a little bit about her story and about Hosanna Revival on the first episode. And on the second episode, we kind of dove into our verse. And now we are, this is where the rubber meets the road. We are getting real. We are talking about how do you do this whole persevering thing, um, which can be really hard. Like, how do you persevere <laughs> in doing the good thing that you know that you're supposed to do. So one question that I have that I didn't give you beforehand, Katie, but I'm sure you probably don't, you won't hate me uh, for <laughs> asking, but I was just thinking like, do you have an example of someone in your own life that you look at and you're like, man, that is just the picture of faithfulness. Oh my goodness. Wow. I feel like I've seen faithfulness show up in so many people and, and they say things like, you know, I, I just doubt the Lord so much. And I'm looking from the outside like, no, you are so, so faithful. I have um, a couple women in my life that have been great mentors to me. And the one that comes to mind right now is Becky, who's the my pastor's wife. And we are a church plant that's been around for six years, just about as long as my business. So I've gotten to just watch um I don't know if you've been a church part of a church plant, you know, that it is like hard, hard work. So much work. It's so much work in watching, you know, her faithfulness to the Lord, to the ministry, to the mm -hmm. church and, you know, riding alongside of her husband and just being there through it all. It's been really inspiring to me. Do you feel like they have like little mini harvests already in ways that you've seen God just kind of show up and bless what they're doing? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. We have been so blessed by this local church and body of believers. And there's so many little stories that have come out of, you know, that building, just this random place where people are meeting and trying to worship the Lord. So our church has been a huge blessing. Mm. Awesome. So what about you? Can you think of a time when you were like persistent, like you, per you kept on pressing in, even though you didn't see results? So I did mention earlier that I've, um, I've been in student ministry since I accepted Christ myself. So that's been eight years now. And I've always done middle school ministry. So <laughs> a lot, a lot of seed planting. Um, yes. Oftentimes students of that age just 
aren't ready to make big decisions and commitments. And, and if they are, even we often take it with a grain of salt, knowing, you know, high school is going to hit them hard and they're probably going to have to, you know, make a second decision here at some point. So, so many of my ministry stories have been me planting seeds and really struggling watching someone else reap the harvest. Um, there's a lot, a lot of pride, um, tied up in that for me. Like I've even said things like, you know, that leader is reaping my reward. And it's just, it's such evidence of an, a prideful heart, like thinking that we deserve a different kind of harvest than what the Lord promises. You know, like when really the harvest and the reward should be this great joy that, you know, a soul is saved no matter who it's tied to. So seeds, seeds for me, it's been a long journey of seed planting and learning to release that kind of anger or frustration when the harvest isn't isn't mine, if I can say it like that. Yeah, I think that that reminds me of the verse that says, you know, some plant the seeds and some harvest, but it's God who he does the work. You know, just that idea that even like our pride would lead us either in the seed planting or in the harvesting to be like, I did that. I said yeah. the right thing. I, you know, it's my, it's my work, but um yeah, God doesn't leave us that option. He's actually the one that's doing it. We get to participate and see and hopefully um, humbly just rejoice. And, you know, I, I appreciate you confessing that because, yeah, I think that that's, that's a struggle, you know. And I think sometimes it's a struggle, too, to be like, to never see that the result at all and be like, man, yeah. did I just waste my time there? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I have a quick, tiny little thing just because it's so fresh, but my husband also did student ministry for four years and really struggled and had no harvest, no students came to know the Lord. He had a really tough time, um, but now it's been eight years so, since he did this, and one of the students that he had poured into for years found his you know, Facebook info and reached out to him and said, I just accepted Christ and you're the only Christian I know. Like, can we meet up? Like eight, eight years and Nick coached that boy in lacrosse and like poured into him so hard. And this boy wanted nothing to do with it. And oh. like, what a blessing when God does let us see that fruit. You know? Yes. I love that story. So that just cool. makes me so happy. Yeah. There are times when we did youth ministry, my husband and I for nine years. And there are times when kids like come back and see us and <laughs> us out. And I'm just like, Oh, you were such a hard middle schooler. <laughs> you were you know? the worst. You were so like... awkward and, you know, like, oh, but I just, I just tried to love you and look, here you are. It works. You're Something a normal, healthy adult and functioning <laughs> everything. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Okay, hey, so Abby. here's... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say any ministry, whether students or not, like that is the story. Ministry is just seed planting, just a whole lot of planting seeds and hoping something falls on good soil. <laughs> oh my gosh. So much of it is, and you get so much like criticism. You're not doing it right. And you already feel insecure. And it's like, <laughs> man, whew, you just got to keep in there. Hang on, hang tight. Um, so here's a question. Have you ever had anybody throw your kindness back in your face? Yeah. Okay. The classic example would be student ministry, but we just talked about that a bit. You know, <laughs> all these yeah. kids are like, "You're weird. Leave me alone." Um, <laughs> I, I just kind of get callous to that. You're like, "Okay, whatever." <laughs> right. Okay. But I did think about the workplace. Um, so obviously, as a Christian business, like we are, we hold ourselves to a very high standard as a whole company. Um, mm. But I, I know that for many people, like you're not working in a company that would maybe have the standard of, you know, the perfect Christ. So you have to set that standard for yourself. And it's been really hard when customers are challenging and, 
entitled or rude or selfish and you just have to like continue to be kind. That's been so hard for me. But we tell ourselves often, like, especially in our instance, people know we claim the name of Christ when they get our email back. So we have to, have to like recognize that we might be the only Christian this person's ever interacted with. Yeah. Um, But for others that, you know, you're not emailing back from a Christian company, like you would just hope that they would see the light of Christ in the way that you're responding or dealing with tough issues. But man, that's hard. Customers are hard. (laughs) Customers are hard. I remember one time I got this kind of nasty email back from one of the devos that I wrote that basically was just, you know, very critical of me. And Mm -hmm. I just wanted to write back like, hey, I'm a real person and I have feelings. And that was that was kind of mean. <laughs> you know? I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember how I responded. I tried to be as gracious as possible, but it, like actually hurt my feelings. And I'm like, man, I'm just I'm just trying to follow Jesus and tell other people to do the same. That's all I'm trying to do over here. You know? slack, right? <laughs> we, we talk about putting email like photos in our signature to remind people that like, I'm just, I'm just a girl like you. <laughs> I'm just a human over here responding to you. <laughs> oh man, I do, I do feel that. That's true. Our, our uh, customer service gals are just fantastic. I mean, but they did start putting, they did start putting their picture on there. And I was like, I think that oh, will help people to know that it's like a person responding and not oh, just like true. some... <laughs> Or some nameless corporation that you can be mean to or whatever. Right. We are not robots. (laughs) Oh, true, true, true. Um, So, like, sometimes these kinds of things just wear us out a little bit. And we get tired of doing the good thing that we we feel like we're passionate about. We feel like we're called to do it. We know it's what we're supposed to do. But sometimes we just get tired. Like, what do you do in those times? Where do you go? Do you have a tendency to want to confess it or ignore it? Like, what do you do? And I think for me, knowing myself personally, it is easier, and maybe this is everybody, (laughs) it's easier to run to a person rather than run to the word. So, you know, and we see that turn so negative so fast when it turns into gossip or venting, you know, that dreaded way. But I know that about myself. Right. I know (laughs) that about myself, though, that I will so naturally want to run to a person before I run to the Lord. And so it's been really important for me to set up key people in different categories of life, you know, business, ministry, marriage, knowing like I go to this person about this thing because I know that this person will help me out, cut me off if the conversation gets inappropriate and point me to the word. Um, because I'm, I'm so like in those moments when you're, when you're in that place, when you need help and you're weary and you're burdened, you need, like, you need someone to tell you to get in the word sometimes. Like I'm too weak in my flesh to do it on my own. So for me, that community piece has been the most important. Mm, I love that. I love that idea of like, hey, I've got somebody over here that if I'm having a struggle, I don't talk to everybody about it. I just mm. talk to this one person and they are going to hold me to the standard. And yeah, they know their job. Sure that I, <laughs> yep. They know that they got to they gotta help me through this situation in a, in a good way. Oh, I love that. So you get worn out, you get tired, you get frustrated. That's what you do. I love that. That's what you do. So when you know, though, like in this verse, it says there's going to be a harvest at the end, like there's going to be something at the proper time, like we talked about in our last episode, that God has a good timing of what he's doing. So all these little seeds of kindness, these seeds of the gospel that we're planting in people's lives um, and in our own lives, even um, that eventually there's going to be a harvest. How does that encourage you to not give up? 
So that feels like a, an easy youth group answer. Like, hey, you know, the harvest is coming. The harvest is good. And <laughs> close the Bible and walk out the door. But I think what's so interesting is like, if we don't trust the person making the promise, we're not going to believe that the harvest is actually good. You know, we can, we can say it's good and we can say, you know, heaven's going to be awesome. Eternal harvest is worth it. But like when we really examine our hearts and like what we believe about the father the character of God. Like, I think for me, at least I've uncovered so many times, like, did I, do I actually trust him? Cause the, mm. these earthly promises are right in front of my face and they look good and they're tangible, but this yeah. eternal promise being so far off, I found that it's really important to like learn to trust the father. So without a doubt, we can believe that what he says is good. Even if I don't have details about heaven or this eternal harvest, whatever, like I just know without a doubt that it'll be good. Yeah, I, I I do think you're right. That can be an easy youth group answer, walk out the door, be done. But yeah, there is a sense in which it's like, who am I? Who's talking to me? Who's giving me this promise? Mm -hmm. Is he is he trustworthy? Do I know him? You know, I think the yeah. closer we our relationship is with Christ, the more we're able to kind of walk through those hard seasons of like, there's nothing even sprouting up right now. <laughs> Let alone a harvest. I quit. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, we have those seasons in our life where things feel pretty barren at times. And we're like, man, how do we make it through this? And I, I do think you're right. You just got to cling to the promise maker and know that like, okay, he's he's fulfilled these other promises. I can trust him with this too. And you know? there's a psalm that's coming to mind. I know it's well-loved, but in Psalm 126, it's more of this harvest imagery. And it specifically says, it doesn't talk about like, you know, joyful harvest at all, but it does say, all those who sow weeping, carrying their sheaves for sowing, will go out with songs of joy. Like it, it, I just have that picture of people like literally crying as they're doing the work, you know, sowing while weeping, and then that promise of a joyful harvest. Dude, I don't know that one. I'm gonna go oh, look Google that up. Out. Quick Google. <laughs> I am like, that is so beautiful. I love that. Yeah, I feel okay. like I feel There's like I just came out of a season That's <laughs> of, you. of weeping while I was sewing and feeling like nothing was coming up. But oh. okay. Uh, so there's also a song that like okay. is pretty much word for word. We can link that too. But it's the oh, song yes. is called Psalm 126. Uh -huh. um, but it's by By Frost Arts, and okay. it's really really beautiful. I can't wait. I'm looking it up. Yeah, right, we get off this call. You'll cry. You will cry. <laughs> I love crying. I'm, As do I'm I. Like old, I have become like this old mom person where I don't know if it's my hormones or what, but I like cry all the time. And my kids are always like, mom, you cry all the time. I'm like, I know. And I it's love good. it. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, shoot. I think we are almost out of time here. Uh, is there anything else, Katie, that you would just like to give our listeners any encouragement, any word, anything um, just to help them along the way? And I just think this, this imagery and this analogy that the Lord gives us for our understanding is so beautiful. Like he, he makes it so simple for us. So follow those analogies to the end. Like think about what it would take for a, a farm to be successful. There's so much that goes into it. And, you know, good, the simplest thing, like good sleep and waking up before the dawn and really like figuring out the logic behind it like don't just let this verse be a, a feel-good thing we slap on a wall but like what does it what does good seeds mean like how do we sow good things and what kind of harvest do we expect because i think once we carry this analogy out and figure out what all these details and symbols mean 
there's such a richness and it'll give you the, the stamina you need to keep sewing and to not grow weary truly. Mm, preach, girl. I love it. I love it. And for those of you who um, maybe aren't slapping this on your wall, but you're slapping it on your arm in a yes. form. <laughs> um, that is our hope for you. Isn't just that you would memorize these verses and be these little dutiful Christian robots, but like <laughs> that they would actually sink into your heart and encourage you and motivate you and inspire you and um, just help wake you up to the love of Jesus. Um, and, and ultimately like that's our, that's our hope for you is that these kinds of verses that would talk about faithfully pursuing Jesus, like that those would, as you do that would reap a harvest in your heart, in your soul um, and just, and change you and the world around you in ways that are beautiful. Um, so yeah. That's our, that's our goal. That's our prayer for you. I love that. Mm. All right. Well, Katie, thank you so much for joining us. And I just appreciate who you are and what you're doing with Hosanna Revival. And um, yeah, I just pray that God would uh, continue to grow your business and give you uh, more of himself. Oh, thank you so much. This was a blast. I'm so happy to be a part of it. Awesome. All right. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us at Dwell Differently on Instagram, Facebook, and at dwelldifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through scripture memory, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.